I remember the recruiter said to me, what are your thoughts around the Second Amendment? And I said, well, I served in the Marine Corps. I think that every law-abiding citizen has the right to bear arms. And he said, that's a very strange interview question. He said, well, the company is Cabela's. And I said, well, where are they located? And he said, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. From Grindstone, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we are from Anthony Goins, the Director of Economic Development for the state of Nebraska and an expert on building personal relationships. Anthony Goins is a true story of perseverance and integrity. He makes an immediate impression with his nicely pressed suit and shoes. He calls you by your first name. He speaks to you very directly. And during the recording of this interview, he even politely asked if he could pause to answer a phone call from Governor Ricketts. He's a class act, and he's the face of economic development in the state. Born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, home of the Tar Heels. So you were an athlete, obviously. What were you like as a kid? Yeah, you know, I was an athlete, but uh, JT, I was I was more focused on on business and commerce. You know, there were entrepreneurs in my family. My you know my grandfather owned his own janitorial service. You know, sort of my uh, my dad, my grandfather Kenneth Goins, my father Bobby Goins. Uh, across the street, I saw uh, Walter and Yvonne Johnson, who Yvonne went on to become the first African-American mayor of the city of Greensboro. Uh, it's a town of about 300,000 people, so the same size as Lincoln. And Walter was the first black lawyer that graduated from Duke Law School. And they owned a little company called um, Bar Joe Chemical Company. So that was my first job. And Bar Joe made toilet bowl cleaners. And so at seven years of age, I had the opportunity to work for Bar Joe and I actually went around in the neighborhood and I sold toilet bowl cleaners. Now, Ms. Johnson said, Tony, you sell these toilet bowl cleaners for $2, give me a dollar and you keep a dollar. So I did the math. I could see there were two bathrooms for the most part in all of the homes. And for some reason, I just felt like I could get $3. So I arbitrarily marked up those toilet bowl cleaners. And I, you know, I shared with Miss Johnson what I did, full transparency, and I offered to split the extra dollar. She's son, since you made that decision, you keep two and I gave her one. And so I was making money at a very young age. <laughs> she saw something in you. She did. That's great. She still, you know, both of my natural parents are deceased, but Walter and Yvonne are both still alive and they're my parents. So in school, did you like formal education? You know, I did, you know, my, my mother was an educator. Being the son of a teacher, my sister and I, you know, I grew up with two sisters. I'm the oldest, Robin and Phyllis. We didn't have an option. We, we had to bring home really, really good grades. So when you went to college, you probably had a good base of, I wanna, you know, you know run I, a company when I grow no, up No, no, it wasn't like that. Because straight out of high school, I went to the Marine Corps. So uh, I graduated in 1982. And I was a teenage parent, JT. My daughter was born when I was a junior in high school. So uh, I needed to take care of my responsibility. And that was really important to me, of course. It was the right thing to do. It was what I was supposed to do as a, as a young man. 
So I joined the United States Marine Corps and I served with the 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines. Uh, and as, as an infantryman, um, I went on to become a battalion legal chief. But anyway, uh, I had a great career in the Marine Corps. I did four years. I picked up sergeant in two and a half years. I had a chance to lead troops and it molded my viewpoint around life, around discipline, education, specific to learning, not education specific to a piece of paper on the wall, but education specific to be a lifelong learner. And so I left the Marine Corps in 86. I went to work for a company called American Express. And my job there, I was a security guard. So I checked badges at the front desk. And so as a young security guard, my security guard uniform was cut and tailored like my dress blue uniform and my shoes were shined. And Malcolm Mitchell, who is still my dear friend and mentor, gave me an opportunity as a 23-year-old security guard to become a credit authorizer for American Express with no formal background. And he actually defied the orders of human resources and said, I'm gonna hire Tony Goins as a credit authorizer, which was a, a fairly technical position at American Express, making credit decisions and interfacing with customers. And so I had a great run. Um, mm. What do you think he saw in you? You know, that's a good question, JT. You know, maybe I'll give you his number. You can call him and ask him. He's still <laughs> around. I don't, you know, when he had an opportunity to interact with me, um, I did displace a level of, of, of intellect to understand the job. I mean, one of the things he did, he allowed me to shadow a credit authorizer for two hours. And I took very copious notes for two hours. And then I went back to his office and he says, so what do you think? And I systematically went down all of the notes that I took and I explained to him the objective of the job, the process, and it was, it was, it, it worked out well. Mm -hmm. He says, wow, you learned all of that in two hours. And I said, yes, sir. And that's when he had the confidence to go to human resources and gave me an opportunity. And that's when Anthony's career takes off. He works for nine years at Amex, and he's promoted roughly every two years until he becomes a senior manager leading large teams of analysts. Then it's only up from there. He worked at QVC in Virginia, where he managed a team of 700 people, then Key Bank, where he ran an entire campus in Cleveland, and then Ford Motors, where he ran a $20 billion portfolio and managed 2,000 people. Then in 2010, he took a dream job in New York City as a senior vice president at Chase. When you're living in New York City, had you ever even thought about Nebraska at this time? No, no. Did you like the Cornhuskers? No, <laughs> not at all. I had no thought about Nebraska. So we're in the early 2010s now, right? So now fast forward, we are 2013 moving into 2014. My mother who had contracted rheumatoid arthritis in her early 30s, and now she is really ill. I'll take a step back. My dad had passed away in May of 2012. Mm -hmm. So losing my father in May of 2012, I, I was still with, with J.P. Morgan Chase. And I didn't have a chance to get back during his illness and to really spend time with him before he passed away. And so when my mom got sick, that played a large psychological role. I didn't want to go through that guilt. Mm. 
mm. that I went through with my dad. So I, I did, uh, I took an entrepreneurial position with a bank called Sorters Bank and back to Greenville, South Carolina, so that I could better support my sisters and be close to my mom. And um, I don't regret that decision because, you know, I had a chance to spend some really, really great time with her and then she passed away. Then I was ready to get back into uh, the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, so I get a call from uh, a large executive search firm, Russell Reynolds. And uh, I remember the recruiter said to me, um, what are your thoughts around the Second Amendment? And I said, well, I served in the Marine Corps. I think that every law-abiding citizen has the right to bear arms. And he said, that's a very strange interview question. He said, well, the company is Cabela's and they sell firearms. And I said, well, where are they located? He said, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska, okay. And I remember my friend Virgil Flood, who owns a recruiting firm, the Carver Group. He says, Tony, I know you have no interest in going to Nebraska, but this is Russell Reynolds, and you should at least um, visit Nebraska as a courtesy. That's all you need to do. You don't have to take the job as a courtesy. So. I shared it with Kim at the time, who's now my wife. I said, listen, don't worry. I'm not going to take the job. I'll fly in. It will be a courtesy. And I remember flying in, and we were flying in over Omaha and Lincoln, and I, I just I, I didn't know what to expect. And five days here, JT, I tell you, I was just blown away by the kindness of the people, the uniqueness of the two cities that I had a chance to visit, Lincoln and Omaha and Sydney. And I called Kim and I said, we're moving to Nebraska. She said, please don't tell me that we're moving to Nebraska. And I said, we're gonna pray about it. This is a, it's gonna be a great opportunity for us. And so August of 2014, I moved here. I didn't know anybody here initially and so Young man that I mentored played in the NFL for 13 years. Steven Jackson was running back. I called Steven and Steven, I'm moving to Nebraska. I know no one. And he says, hold on for a minute. So he makes a phone call and he gets a Dama Kasu on the line. And a guy named Matt Hickey. And Sue so says, Mr. Goins, I played football at the university. I know quite a few people. And so he introduced me to Tim Clare, who, uh, is a partner in the law firm, Rimbolt Lucky, but he's also the chair of the Regents Board for the university system. And Tim says, meet me at Blue Sushi. I get in my rental car, drive down to the Haymarket, meet him at Blue Sushi, and the rest is history. So I took the job as the chief operating officer for Cabela's Bank, which was, was the world's foremost bank. Okay. Significant introductions. Uh, they actually held a, a, a lunch reception for me at the top of the Nebraska club. And uh, I mean, everybody came, you know, from Clay Smith to uh, Jim Abel. I mean, just the who's who of leadership in this city came and, and showed their presence and, and just said, welcome to Nebraska. It was amazing. I mean, by that time, I'd lived in 13 cities in nine states and that it never happened before. So it was great. Cabela's Bank. That's awesome. Now we're here in Nebraska. So Tony moves with his wife and two youngest daughters to Lincoln, Nebraska, where Cabell's financial subsidiary named the World's Foremost Bank is headquartered. The bank's primary activity was as a credit card issuer for the Cabela's Club Visa Card, and Anthony was the chief operating officer and executive vice president. 
All that Anthony needed now was to learn the company culture. When Cabela's called you, were, were you much of an outdoorsman? No, not at <laughs> all. You were living in New York City for a not couple of years. Not the Marine Corps. <laughs> I hadn't done any uh, real outdoor activity. No. I had to associate myself with the lifestyle because the finance side of Cabela's was very intertwined with Cabela's as a corporation. So still had to know hunt, fish, camp, and shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tell me about the first time that you went hunting. Yeah, the first time I went hunting, I have re two really great friends, and Jeff and Brad hunt. So they invited me hunting, and we went to a, a little area here in Nebraska, not too far from Lincoln, and we hunted quail. You know, we had the dogs, you know, and the dogs run, and they would flush the birds up, and as soon as the birds came up, you know, we start letting rounds go. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And then we had a great meal afterwards and we smoked cigars. So it was just great, great camaraderie. A lot of fun. As a military man, did you hit everything that you shot at? I, I missed everything. <laughs> I think I got one bird at the end. And Jeff Dahl is so funny. He says, you know what, Tony, we should have practiced before we came out here and really started to uh, engage right away. So Anthony is at Cabela's for four years. And during this time, he's asked to serve on the board of the Lincoln Community Foundation, the Lincoln Symphony Orchestra Board, the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and to be a board of trustee member at Bryan Health. He quickly meshes with his new community, so when Cabells was acquired for $5.5 billion in 2017, Anthony was primed to serve the community in a new way. I'll kind of culminate what happened. So, of course, we had to sell Cabellas, and I was on the deal team along with... Uh, uh, five or six other teammates at Cabela's. So we sold Cabela's to Bass Pro. We sold the bank to Capital One. Um, received a call from Governor Ricketts about joining his cabinet. And I will tell you, um, it was, uh, it's been a wonderful opportunity. It's been a great learning experience. I'm not a politician. I, I'm not a classically trained economic development guy, but I understand business. I understand how relationships impact various situations. And so, Along with my team, I've been able to kind of bring a different lens to the economic development office, and we've been we've been very, very successful. You yeah. know, even through, in the midst of this pandemic, which has been one of the toughest things that I've done in my life. I mean, you came into this role in October of 2019, correct? I did. So that's the, correct. The majority of your tenure has been just all hell is broken loose with COVID. That's correct. I, mean, I know that a lot of Public officials have come under fire. Like, this is a really tough thing that's going on. I mean, it is. What's kind of your message for Nebraska or for how we're going to get out of this next year? Being optimistic wins. And optimism is a part of who we are as Nebraskans. It's easy to be a leader, JT, when things are going well. Everybody wants to be out front when the band is singing and things are going well. You find out what you're made of. That's when the intestinal fortitude kicks in. That's when grit kicks in. You find out what you're made of when things are tough. And here in Nebraska, we are Nebraska tough. We all wear the same jersey. So my message to my state is that we buckle up and we continue to move forward. We support and we care about each other. We use optimism as a means to think through some of the challenges that we're in right now. We're gonna have vaccines that will be distributed here real soon. And at the point in time that I can take the vaccine, I'll line up first and I'll take the vaccine. 
And uh, listen, sometime Q2, Q3 of 2021, we'll get back to some level of normalcy. That's what I believe. Today, Anthony is on the front lines of a bidding war for the new U.S. Space Command headquarters that would bring with it nearly 1,400 jobs to the state. If you want more Anthony, you can read his book, Something in the Water, about the entrepreneurial spirit and agrarian work ethic of Lincoln businesses, or visit his Capital Cigar Lounge off of 14th and Old Cheney. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business in 2021, from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. The story of Nebraska has been undertold and undersold. I need your help. Make these stories go viral and help people to understand all the great things that happen in our state. If you get a lead, call me. (laughs) 